Hello, and welcome back to the Growth Circle podcast. I am your host, Lincoln Amstutz, and have a very exciting uh, interview today with a good friend of mine, Josh Manning. Uh, Josh is a co-founder of Two Guys Buying Homes and is a full-time real estate investor and developer with over 10 years of experience. Josh was born and raised here in Springfield, Missouri, and graduated from Missouri State with a degree in business. Josh went on to a successful career in construction management, and three years ago, Josh and his business partner founded Two Guys Buying Homes, growing their real estate portfolio to over $20 million in assets. Uh, Josh is a go-getter. Uh, it's exciting to see the growth in real estate the last few years and getting to know him as well as a friend, so I'm excited to introduce him. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well... Let's jump right in. Uh, just even reading that bio, it gets me excited to to have this conversation. Um, as you know, hearing about what you've what you've been doing in real estate and even before that, can you take us back? You know, I gave that description of you know you're at twenty million in assets. You've come a long ways in the last few years. Where did you start um, with your professional career and just getting educated on how to go about what you're doing today? Yeah, sure. So I guess it all goes back to to college. Um, you know, I got a, uh, a business degree, like you said, uh, from Missouri State. And during that time, I got a, an internship for a commercial construction job had no desire whatsoever to, to, to work there, to do the job, didn't want anything to do with construction, just needed the internship for my graduate degree. So got in there, um, and honestly, man, I just kind of fell in love with it. It was, uh, I learned pretty quick that construction was not just like hammer and nails, especially when you get to the large, like commercial side of things. You know, you're dealing with architects and engineering and, you know, high level mathematics and, trying to figure out how to put, uh, you know, these large projects together and then managing all kinds of different scopes of people and and trades and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I ended up just kind of falling in love with that man, and I did that for 10 years. Um, and then uh, and we, we did a lot of, here in Springfield, we did a lot of uh, multifamily hospitality. Um, so that's kind of always been my background, has been building apartment complexes, hotels, um, we even did Vantage downtown. Um, so a lot of, a lot of really cool, neat projects. So that's kind of what gave me my background for the, for the construction. Um, and then uh, a few years ago, Evan, my business partner had reached out, um, and was wanting to just buy some rental properties for, uh, you know, just for like retirement kind of thing, you know? And so his proposal was, you know, he'll handle finding the properties, vetting the deals. Um, I would then run the developments and the construction side of things. Uh, we would refinance them, hold them, and then just use a property management company to, uh, uh, you know, to hold these properties. Um, so that's what we started doing in July of, of 2020. Uh, we bought, it was like seven or eight that year. And then the next year we burned 50 houses um, and then we've just, man, we haven't slowed down since. Right. Just been, been taking it off from there. It's, it was definitely neat to see. I mean, obviously that's some crazy growth in a short amount of time, but it's due to the fact that you had this background in, uh, project management and in construction and along with Evan, your partners, 
uh, career in real estate on the retail side. Uh, how do you think being in the position you were with your previous company on the construction, how do you think that prepared you for what you're doing today? And, and ha- give a little more insight into what you were doing there, um, how long you were in that company. Yeah, so I worked there for 10 years. Um, so it was really the only like real job that I had as an adult um, out of college. And so I started there as an intern, moved up uh, as just like a, what they would call a project engineer. So you're kind of like paper pusher, you know, doing job submittals and things like that. And then moved to project manager where then you were then managing, you know, the ins and outs, the day-to-day activities of all of the projects. So ordering material. Word that you must set out of the boat. Oh, um, what's how I isn't it? Um, so uh, that was a completely different role. So that was then uh, managing uh, all of the employees, the direction of the company, the finances. Uh, I mean, just everything. And so, so really, what it did is it it prepared me to be a, a business leader, business owner. Um, and it's really, I mean, really gave me the experience that I needed to, to step into this role that I'm in now, uh, which has been, which has been huge for me. Um, so that was kind of what I did there and, and really like kind of gave me the tools and stuff that I needed to get two guys started. And so you, I believe you did that. You were still part of that construction company, um, for, a, you know, at least a year or more when you first got started in investing. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, probably two years of it. Yeah. So I was doing, doing that full time and then doing, um, doing the, uh, oh, the investing with Evan on the side. So yeah. Did you, when you first got into it, did you see it as just that, like a part-time side hustle type of thing that you would add up some properties over time to a portfolio for a long-term investment or did you pretty quickly you know realize that this could be something full-time I mean two years of doing both is you know it's quite a lot I mean when did that transition happen in your mind no so when we first started it I had absolutely no intentions of ever leaving the company Uh, I mean it was it was going to be the only job I ever had right you know like big boy job like I said uh, never in a million years would I think that Evan and I would be sitting where we are now. Uh, just the, the growth that we've had, how well it's went together, um, just all of it. I never would have fathomed that we would be where we are. Uh, so, so no, my intentions were not ever to do that. It just honestly, it just went really well. We cultivated a lot of really good relationships. Uh, we've got great employees, a great team. Evan and I work really well together. And so it just got to a point where it just, it made sense. You know, it was like, hey, it, it's it's uh, it's costed me more money to have a W-2 than it would if I was, I was you know, full-time investing. And not, not just that, but there's a lot of, as you know, you know, being a business owner stuff, there's a lot of added benefits that comes from working from yourself. Um, and so, so there was a lot of things. But I mean, I still have a good relationship with the company and I still consult for them and do a lot of things. And, and they have, they've really gave me the tools and education that I needed to, to kind of get to this, to this point that we're at now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's obviously a huge jump. Like you said, going from a company you're at for 10 years, you see yourself there for the long haul and then going into something that's 
just, you know, it's all you that you've created. I mean, I even know for myself on a much smaller scale, but, you know, going to Missouri State for a year and then making the decision to drop out of school to pursue real estate, investing full time. Anytime you're making that big shift of something that you saw going further, right, whether it's school or a job, it's not, you know, an easy transition. I mean, what what advice would you give to anybody that, you know, is in school, but wanting to maybe switch it up or they're at a job that they've been at potentially for years, but they think it's the, you know, the right time or they want to make a shift into maybe real estate investing or something similar. What would you say to them as far as the mindset to be at or, you know, the the place in your business to be at before making some sort of transition there? Sure. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a lot of things to look at for that. Um, I, I think benefit that I had was that, you know, I'm a little bit older than you and, and the job that I had was a high paying W2. So I don't have any like personal debt. Um, you know, so there was not like no personal debt, couple years of savings, Evan and I had, you know, 80 houses or something like that at the time. So we had consistent revenue. Um, I didn't need to make a bunch of money. It, I wasn't, I guess that I wasn't worried about like, Hey, is this is this going to hurt me financially? You know, I was like, Hey, worst case scenario, I can always go back and get a, get a job back in an industry, even back there, you know, like that was always, that would always be an option. So, but I, I think, you know, a lot of things about like entrepreneurship and, and, and starting your own business and, and really what it all comes down to is, is for me is that although I love that job, I've always kind of had that, like, that inner desire to be a business owner, to like do my own thing, to have control for it. And so, uh, I mean, as, as cliche as it sounds, I think like, you know, for somebody that's struggling with, do I do the nine to five or do I do this? Like, I think following something that you're passionate about is, is the key. You know, it's, it's, I don't make as much money now as I did at the W2, but I enjoy this. I'm happy. I would do, I mean, I would do this for free, like for real. Like, I mean, I, the day-to-day activities, the building, the buildings are running the company, the working with the guys, working with like, you know, with you and, and just all the other investor stuff, man, I love that. Like, I absolutely love it. And so it just comes down to, to like, it doesn't feel like work. And so I think if there's people out there that are, you know, punching a time clock that for a job that they hate and, or, you know, going to school for a degree that you know, may not matter if there's something that you're just like, you know, you can feel it inside, like, Hey, I'm going to enjoy doing this. I don't care about the money. I I think that that's where, where something really spectacular can happen. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's really cool to hear because you, you obviously enjoyed what you were doing, but at a certain point, it just made sense to transition into this because of how much you had going on, how much uh, you were doing in real estate and not only that, but you knew it's something you enjoyed and that you could see yourself doing longer term. So I, I know that as you got into this, you know, full time, you know, leaving, you know, the, the W2 things blew up even faster than, you know, they had been going, which was already a pretty quick pace. I mean, can you, before we even get into that, give me a little insight into those first few deals. What did those look like? Where did you, you know, find these deals? Where did you get the funding? How did you know this burst strategy of of buying, fixing up, and refinancing? How did that, you know, really start on the first uh, few deals there? Yeah. So um, to start with, I'd never even heard the term burr 
when we got into this. I knew nothing about real estate investing. My parents owned rentals growing up, but they always bought turnkey stuff. Um, you know, and it was not like, it was nothing like what, what we do now. Right. So the first deal we bought was on 920 North Warren. We bought it from Andrew Newen and, uh, bought it, went in and completely redid everything, knocked out some walls, added a bathroom, uh, did all this stuff, uh, did it all, obviously while, while working a full-time job. We, uh, Evan knew Andrew. I'd never met Andrew before. So Andrew showed us a couple homes. I ran the numbers on it um, and and said, hey, we could buy it for this, fix it up for this. Evan said it's going to be worth this. Kind of knew, you know, where we needed to be on it. Um, he had a uh, relationship with a, with a hard money lender. And so we reached out and uh, met with her, kind of got set up on that deal and bought that first deal. Um, we bought it renovated it, refinanced it. And I think the bank gave us $20,000 or something like that. And we did it in like eight weeks, something like that. And I was like, holy crap. You know, like we just bought this house without our money. We paid this real estate investor back. We're at like a 75% LTV on this property. We've got a renter paying the mortgage taxes and insurance on it. And I just put $20,000 in our pocket, you know, and it was just like a light blew off where I went, this is unreal. Like there's no other avenue that I could ever think of that you could make money doing this. So then it was just like, Evan, this works. Like let's, how can we scale this? How can we do, how can we continue to do this? So then we bought, I think two more right after Warren immediately, um, and just kind of scaled, scaled up that way. So, and then, and then to kind of scroll back to that Evan and I did like we met we talked about it uh we had a really good friend that was a banker uh I met with the banker and had him like explain to us how the underwriting process would work so like hey what what do these prop properties have to perform for for it to be a no-brainer for you to refinance this so I learned that process um and then and then honestly we just man we just jumped in like from the time that Evan and I shook hands and said, we're going to do it from the time we bought that first house, it was like two or three weeks. So we didn't wait. We just said, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. Let's make it work. And, and it did. And now we, you know, we've done hundreds of them together. I, I think that's cool how, yeah, it didn't take long. Like you, you saw, you know, you found the deal, the numbers made sense and you just kind of jumped right in. Can you uh, go into a little bit? I know you've mentioned Evan and, you know, being your partner a few times how, you know, your, your relationship, how that started, how, and then you even complimented on, or, you know, touched on, you know, you're running the numbers on the rehab, right? That's your expertise on the construction side. He's running the numbers on what is this going to be worth, the ARV, and you're kind of, you know, putting the financing together uh, with, with one another. What, uh, how do you guys complement each other in, you know, your business relationship and even, you know, your willingness to get into a partnership Touch on that versus, you know, doing this all on your own and, and your relationship with Evan and these deals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so our, our kind of partnership started because Evan, um, Evan had put on a kind of like a seminar where he, he was wanting to teach like the average person, um, how to do like the birth strategy. Right. And so with him being a realtor, his thought process was, 
uh, you know, he could be the realtor on the front end and the back end. Um, he kind of specializes in um, investor only kind of deals. So, uh, you know, he'll sell 125 to 150 homes a year, but most of the time they are flips from other investors. So he's not a whole lot on the retail side of things. So because I was in business and I was leaving this company, uh, he had asked me to come out and, and, you know, I've known Evan since we were in like, I don't know, like 10th grade or ninth grade, something like that. And so he had asked me to come out and just like, he wanted to run through a trial run on this deal. So he brought in a bunch of people, bought lunch. There was like 30 or 40 of us that listened to this pitch and his whole idea. And, and then I kind of, I called him afterwards and said, Hey, you know, like explain this some more. Like, what do you mean you can buy these properties without putting money into the deal and how all that works? And he kind of explained it a little bit. And I was like, huh. And then he reached out a couple of days later and said, well, what if we partner and we do this together? And I was like, okay. And, and so we explored that and we just kind of made, made kind of an agreement that he handles the real estate side of things. I'll handle the construction and the finances. Cause that's kind of my background. Um, we'll stay out of each other's ways, you know, let each other do what we're good at. Um, and, and just work together on doing these properties, you know? Um, and so the, the thing about Evan and I is that if you're ever in our office, it's kind of weird because we, we really don't communicate a whole lot with each other. And, you know, he is, he is jam packed running all day long as am I. Uh, and I think the, the, the biggest thing with our partnership is, is that Evan and I align a lot morally and ethically. And so like, there's not ever like any kind of like trust issues or things like that. Um, and so it'll, and we just like, I don't have to worry about what he's doing. He doesn't have to worry about what I do. And we just come together a couple of times a week, go over, you know, Hey, finances and what we're doing and where the company's at and that kind of stuff. And then we break and we just go on. So, I mean, partnerships are tough, but, but I don't think I could have got, well, I got lucky in the partnership that we have, you know, and, and cause they, they can be, I mean, they can kill a company, you know? And so having that partnership though, has allowed us to really have exponential growth because it allows both of us to focus on what we're good at. Um, and then to, and then to also, you know, just, just, man, when I'm busy and I need help on something, he's there and vice versa, you know, granted now, now we have an office staff. So, so it really, it really helps comp, you know, help, help us if we're really busy. So for sure. Now that it, it's neat to hear and even see how, it, how it's gone about because they're, you know, I, I've even partnered with people on deals, but oftentimes it's, it's either been a silent partner or, you know, short-term thing versus you all like this is, you're growing this company together and, you know, you, you're doing all of these different, uh, you know, deals and growing a portfolio with one another. And I think what you touched on there, like you're morally and ethically, you know, you're aligned right on some of these core things. Um, so, you know, there's not going to be issues there in, as well as, yeah, just again, your skill sets, one, you know, you focus on what you're good at. You both are bringing that to the table and, and making deals happen. And I mean, it makes sense with the growth you had. I, I remember when we, the first house I sold to you, uh, wholesale, uh, I believe is that one up on North, um, um, in Springfield or Nora, um, somewhere up there. And I remember walking in with you guys, it was late at night. It was dark. Uh, we could hardly see it, but we had our phone flashlights looking around in there 
and uh, you literally took like seven, eight minutes with Evan, looked at it. You turned to me. You're like, what are you asking for it? I was like, oh, you know, I think it was like 32000 something. You're like, yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. And I was like, really? Like no negotiation, nothing. No, you don't need to run some numbers at home. You're just, no, we'll take it. And I think it's just because you guys were confident in your numbers. You know what you were doing. And I, I thought that was pretty neat just seeing how quick you're able to make the decision. And I mean, you have to, if you're going to be doing what, would you say 50 that following year? Well, and I think, I think that's a, that's a lot of it, man, is that, you know, before we go look into a property, I mean, Evan's already given me ARV and especially now because we've done so many of them. I, I pretty much know kind of based on square foot, what something's going to cost. And when I go to look at a property, I'm really more looking like, are there major structural issues? Are there, you know, are Am I going to have foundation problems? Am I going to have, you know, unforeseen things that, that maybe like as a wholesaler walks through, it's not going to really notice as much as like I am because we're going to dig into it. And burns to difficult because we gut everything. And when you, when you get full guts, you don't know what you're getting into, but we've kind of refined that process. And, um, you know, and that's really, really, I think helped us. And so when we come and look at them, man, we already kind of know where we need to be. Um, and, and, uh, for us, uh, a lot of things are relationship, you know, we want to build good relationships like we have with you. And it's like, at the end of the day, man, you know, to buy a house from you from 32 to buy it from me for 30 is if $2,000 is going to make and break that deal. I don't want to do the deal to begin with, you know? So we want it to be win-win scenarios for everybody. And I think that's a lot of it too, man, is that we've, we've, because of how we've operated in business, we have lots of good relationships. And so we get to see a lot of deals, I think, before other people get to see deals, um, which has allowed us to buy more stuff and has allowed us to have that growth, you know? Because I think back there for when we were first starting out, man, I mean, there was a time period where I think we bought almost every deal that you brought. I mean, there was a, there was a, a that slew there where we were buying everything that you, you could find. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember uh, 2021, you know, I, I and I was doing quite a few, you know, wholesales at that time, a lot of deals coming through, but I would just uh, literally send you a message over text or quick email with the details. And it was almost like a given, like, yeah, this is going to be another deal for Josh and Evan. They're, they're going to take this down. And it, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite often there. Yeah, it was great, man. I mean, yeah, it's, and that's, and those are the kind of relationships that we want to have. You know, we got What's great about it is like you got to where you're like, I know the price point they need to be. I know the rehabs that they want to have. I know the areas they want to be in. And if it falls into that, they're most likely going to buy it. Right. And we got to where no, like, like, like we never had any deals with you that were sour, that were bad. And so it was like, we just got to like, Hey, we can trust Lincoln. Lincoln send us these deals. We even got to where like, we weren't even going to look at them. You know, it was just like, Hey, yeah, Lincoln says it's a good deal. Here's the pictures. The numbers make sense. Let's just buy it and and roll on. You know, we do we do we don't do that anymore. But we we went for a while where we weren't even looking at properties. We were just buying them sight unseen. You know. Well, that's the power again of of having a good network, having people that you trust, and building good relationships with. Because yeah, you could have come in either with myself or Andrew, these other you know off market type of properties um, wholesalers and negotiated every single time trying to get it for the absolute lowest but then you know how motivated are we going to be to come back to you for those deals you know to be our first guy our first call when you know it, it's just not this smooth transaction so there's definitely something to 
building that trust, um, establishing those connections of knowing what, what you're looking for, um, and what we're selling, uh, and, and you know, that leads towards growth. So I, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, we, we kind of talked about this initial phase of getting into these, uh, rental properties that you were keeping, uh, one, you know, were you keeping all of these and also, uh, where did this growth lead to, um, you know, over the first couple, two, three years, and then to the, the creation of two guys buying homes? What, what was that process like? Sure. So we've always been um, fix, fix and hold guys, not fix and flip. Um, if it was up to me, we would never sell a property ever. I truly believe that long-term net worth is built through holding properties uh, I'm not really like you know, a lot of guys out there right now probably will always have more more cash and capital than than Evan and I because we are always reinvesting and buying properties and growing that portfolio. So that's always kind of that's always kind of been our goal. But um, we have sold in 21, 20, I don't remember the year last last year, I think it was. We sold uh, we sold like sixty houses, uh, so we sold a package of of almost fifty to another local investor. Um, actually, we sold like seventy houses. So we we broke off a big package deal to raise some capital to do some some different asset class investments. Um, and so we've we've built a in the process of building a two hundred sixty unit storage facility on the south side of town. We've got the first phase pretty much wrapped up. The second phase is getting ready to break ground. Um, and then we have three apartment complexes uh, that were that were in the in the development phase of, as well as a small little neighborhood of 12, 12 duplexes. So what we've we've kind of shifted gears a little bit. We still, I mean, I've got looking at my board. I've got nine burrs going right now, um, but we're we're sold off a bunch in order to kind of do some more developments. And that's kind of my end goal. That's what I really like. I want to do the development. So the multifamily, the storage, that's that's really where I see myself moving into the future. We'll still always do burrs, um, but but we're going to really focus heavily the next couple of years on on new builds um, and, and just kind of developing here around town. I, and I'm with you. Uh, I like buying and holding. If I'm going to fix something up, generally I'm always, I would much rather hold on to this long term just because you you do see that long term benefit of the appreciation and you know the loan pay down rent collection tax benefits all these things that we know about uh, what and yeah I know you're on that same page but of course you you did sell those properties in order to get to a different asset class what was what was the the main decision making behind that uh, you know of selling those properties and to to get into something else versus going out and and raising a bunch of money. Um, in order to get those or, or why, you know, what was your thought process at that time of making that decision to sell? Yeah. So I think it was kind of, uh, there was a lot of factors that played into it at the time we had an outside management company that we were not very happy with. And so we were kind of in the process of bringing in someone to manage in house, uh, our, our portfolio, um, and, and, you know, at that time we were probably 120 or 130 doors, single, single family at that time was all, was all we had. And we just, 
it wasn't happy with the property management. And so the kind of the thought process was uh, to to take the houses that we had burned along with some houses we bought in a package deal that were not the greatest, package them together, sell off to one, make the transition on hiring somebody easier to to come in and not have 130 doors, but you know maybe maybe have half of that you know, 60, 70 doors to manage and then to have the capital to move into these investments because we didn't want to bring in outside investors. Uh, that was at that point, that was not something we really, really wanted to do. Um, we have some investors on some other other bigger projects that we have going now just because I don't want to have to go back and sell another 60 or 70 homes in order to raise the capital to do it again. Um so that was that was the kind of the thought process. It was kind of a we had a lot of growth. It was scale back, stabilize, get our policies, procedures, processes in order. You know, to be able to manage our portfolio, raise some capital, move into some better develop into some better asset classes, um, and then and then to grow again. And that's and that's what we've done. So so now you know we we do property management in house. So we have a whole we have a full staff that does that. Uh, property manager, a leasing agent, maintenance coordinators. Uh, we've got all of the staff in the field to do maintenance and repairs and all that. Um, and so we're we're managing not only our portfolio, but now we're also managing outside doors for other investors. Um, and so it's been it's been great. Uh, it's been a, a, an awesome addition to our to our company. Um, and so that was that was that's kind of a long answer, but that's kind of what what brought us to that decision to sell. Sure. Because in, of course, in real estate investing in any business, you've got to be willing to be flexible and adjust. And because you can have these ideas of where you see it going, but then maybe it's a market shift or maybe it's, you know, different asset class that you're looking to get into. You've got to be willing to, you know, make a change and adjust um, from time to time. And I was even actually uh, interviewing Michael Thomas here recently, and he, he made a similar statement that, you know, he is also almost stepping back or pulling back in a way to, to a certain degree so that he can stabilize, get systems and processes in place, and then launch forward to a, in a greater speed and extent than he could if he just tried to keep, you know, incrementally throwing it on. So that it makes complete sense of sometimes you just have to, um, you know, in your case, sell off some properties in order to get into something better, which it sounds like it allowed you to get into this property management and allowed you to start doing some of the development you wanted to do exactly that's and that was the goal is that we wanted to develop and we also wanted to like i have done this professionally for other people but i would never done it as the owner developer gc and so you know we wanted to risk our own capital and our own time and stuff like that on these developments before you know if if before we decided we wanted to try to raise outside capital uh for any kind of future developments uh, that was kind of you know so that's what we did. We just kind of rolled with it and went and and went on and it's and it's been great. And you know as as a as a property owner yourself, you know that uh, you know maintenance costs and that kind of stuff can eat you alive on some of these rentals. And so having you know having a a forty unit apartment complex or a ninety unit apartment complex that you just built ground up, um, you know you you got you know seven to ten years. You don't have to worry about large uh, maintenance costs. And so just, there's just so many added benefits to it. 
And then I like the front end side of being able to do the design and, and, you know, kind of picking the layouts and developing it and, and coming up with property names and, and figuring out how it works. That's really what I enjoy doing. Right. And you got to figure that out during the process. Cause you could have done the single family and been like, okay, great. I'll stick with this forever. But you found uh, something else that you enjoyed even more as you got into those types of projects and something that you could scale easier, right? Like you, like you're saying, not only, um, you know, could you add, you know, 50 to a hundred units at once through a development, but the maintenance is less and it's, you know, it's a property that you're going to be a little bit more excited about to hold long-term. Uh, you, you just got to figure that out as you go. Can you take us into a little bit of where your, your company is at today? I know you've touched on it some, but what two guys does, what your full team and staff look like and and some of where, um, what you're working on right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we, we kind of want to look at ourselves as like the full circle real estate team, right? So Evan does retail sales. So he, you know, if, if, if you just have a home you want to sell, Evan can sell it. If you're an investor doing fix and flips, Evan can sell it. Um, then if you're an investor like yourself and you need help with property management, we can manage your properties. Um, and then we do the burrs for, you know, the rehabs. We do new build single family homes, and then we develop uh, multifamily. So we look at it as kind of the full circle picture in real estate. We have sales, property management, buying holds, fix and flips, and development. So we can help in kind of any any facet of real estate that really that you want. We're, we don't wholesale. That's one area that we're, we're not wholesalers. We want to pay you to do that. <laughs> Right, that's right. I'll keep that uh, that end of the. That is that's not something that I I I don't have the patience for. It's not something I want to do. I want to pay you you to make your money to do that for us, you know. So, but that's kind of what we're looking at. And so yeah, so now we've got a brick and mortar building here in town. Um, that we've got a full office staff. Um, you know, we've got Evan on his sales side for himself. Uh, a couple a couple sales agents, transitional coordinator. We've got a receptionist. We've got a project manager here in town that's, he's got a, a degree in architecture at MBA. So he does a lot of our um, designs and blueprints and drawings, um, 3D renderings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we have a project manager um, and a leasing agent, maintenance coordinator, uh, and then like a runner that just does lock boxes and signs and runs errands and all that kind of stuff. So when I say all that out loud, that really puts us at like, you know, 10 people, I think is what's in our office now. And then for the field side, for the guys that do our burrs and, uh, you know, do our new builds and run the construction, we've got, you know, somewhere around 30 to 35 that are our guys. Um, and then, and then we have subcontractors that work with us exclusively that are, you know, there's probably another, you know, 10 to 15 people that, we use on a weekly basis as subcontractors. Um, so, I mean, it's a, you, we're probably 50 employees, you know, and then, and then utilize another, you know, 15 to maybe even 20 subs on a weekly basis. So there's a lot of moving, moving parts and, and pieces to it. So, um, you know, we're, we're running usually six to eight burrs on a, on a monthly basis with somewhere around two to four new build. You know, we're buying these lots in town and doing these new builds for rentals. Um, so we're running those. Um, but yeah, man, that's kind of kind of where we're at now. It's crazy to think about. 
It is. Like you said, when you say it out loud and you go through it all, it's, it's a, that's a big operation. And because not that, I mean, even the unit growth itself, right. You know what you're saying, you know, uh, 50 in a couple years and then, you know, a couple hundred after, you know, even in the last four, four years or so. Um, and, and more than that now with, you know, with these storage units and apartments that you're doing, but that alone is, is impressive to see the growth of, but to me, the the team is is neat to see because that's actually growing and establishing a business, a true company that has systems and processes that if you went off and you know you were gone for a couple of weeks, you know that everything's still going to be moving and functioning and things are going to be happening and not just come to a halt or a huge loss. Obviously, you're an integral part of it still, but uh, can you speak into how you've gone about your hiring processes over the last few years? how you've been able to achieve such growth on the team, um, that side of things? Yeah. Um, you know, man, really, it's kind of been a weird process because you know, we we started with like, uh, you know, it was just it was just Evan, Evan and I. Uh, and Evan, Evan had some team members on his side. Um, so we we hired a friend of his to do property management in-house. That kind of backfired, didn't didn't go super well. Um, she left and so we were kind of stuck with like oh what do we do well one of the girls from Evan's side decided to move over and kind of help us fill in on the property management so we we did that she's done excellent has really filled that role has really helped a lot with with the growth in that Um, and then a lot of the other positions man have been people that I have worked with like have had relationships with it other whatever, maybe my architect or maybe over here that have kind of like seen what we're doing and have like, Hey, this is exciting. And that we see the company growth and we see what you guys are doing. And we want to be a part of that. And so I've had a bunch of people reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to talk about joining your team. Um, and so we've, we've done that. And then we've hired a couple through, uh, just like a staffing agency. Uh, and, and that has been phenomenal. And so really what I think Evan and I have done really well is that we've cultivated a culture here, you know, and like, like a brand of the two guys and, and our team, even out in the field, um, has bought into that. Uh, and that is where our real success comes from is that our, our, our team, uh, all kind of aligns with the same goals and has the same ethics and sees the bigger picture and has bought into what we're doing here. And that's really what has allowed us to have the substantial growth. Um, and so really, man, I mean, you know, other than I pretty well, we're, we're not your like sit down, interview, take questions, where do you see yourself in five years kind of guys, you know, a lot of it has been just like sit down with coffee and try to get to know each other. And are you a good fit? Are you going to fit into our culture? Um, you know, and, and we've, with something we've, you know, I haven't talked on yet is we, uh, we did um, uh, implemented this uh, like company operating system called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Uh, you probably heard of the book Traction by Gio Whitman. It's uh, it's a kind of a system that helps you organize your company. Uh, so we implemented that probably about a year ago, and and that has helped us, you know, kind of like take all of our ideas and organize them and then get the team on the same page and to develop the, you know, and put in paper, the core values and to be able to educate the team on where we're at. So we're real transparent with all that stuff. 
And, and so I think that's really helped a lot, you know, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't really have any like set ways on how we hire. It's just, you know, they go, Hey, we need to add this position. We just start talking to people. And if you're fit, you're fit. If you're not, you're not, you know? Right. Right. I think there's a lot to that even of just going out and making it happen because even for myself and I know others, you can get in your head about hiring of, you know, is this, you know, do I really need this right now? Maybe I can keep doing it or, or is this person going to be the exact right fit uh, versus like, look, we've got the, the business, um, you know, coming in, we've got the growth going on. We need somebody here, you know, even if it's not the perfect fit right off the bat or trusting your instincts enough to be able to find that right person in an interview uh, just to go for it. And I think that's what's led to a lot of your success. And then once they're there, then like you're saying, going through and creating that company culture and truly uh, walking them through how we want to grow as a company, what we're doing, uh, that that's that's such a big thing that I think you all have developed on, you know, with where you're at today. Uh, what, uh, what projects uh, do you, you know, you have going now and that you are wanting to work towards? Because I know you're wanting to do more development. Does that mean um, storage units, I know you mentioned apartments, is it going to be single family houses or, uh, where do you see that going through the next several years here? Yeah, sure. So currently right now, what we've got, uh, we have an apartment complex over off of East Cherry street that we bought that we're bulldozing a house and just adding another building. Uh, so it's just 10, 10 additional units to add to that complex that's already there. So we've got that. Uh, we've got a, uh, a 36 unit, um, apartment, uh, apartment complex on the South side of town over off of scenic. That's a brand new development that we're doing. Um, we have the storage units over on the South side, kind of both Walnut Lawn, uh, that the first phase is 180 units. The second phase is 80. The first phase just needs asphalt and fencing put in and it's open. So I'm probably three to four weeks without being open to the public. Uh, and then the second phase, we've already submitted building permits to the county. We're just waiting for approval so we can break ground on that. Um, and then uh, we had just bought some land over off of uh, West Battlefield, kind of by Carlo Middle School, that we're going to do a 90-unit uh, ground up uh, with an infinity swimming pool. It's going to have a rooftop with penthouses. Uh, elevator will take you all the way up. It's going to be super cool, very high-end. Uh, so we're in the, the design phase right now with the architect. We've already bought the land. We're just actually doing the design. That one that one's slated to break ground uh, January of next year. And then we just closed on some land uh, kind of over by OTC that uh, we're going to go in and we're going to do basically rows of duplexes. So it'll be 24 units, a little gated community um, that, we're, that we're working on. So... You know, that's uh, my next, you know, 18, 24 months is pretty jam-packed with, with developments right now. Um, our our kind of goal is uh, I want to get more into, like, that 90 unit that I was telling you about on Battlefield. Uh, I would, I'd like to do two of those a year. And so, you know, to identify the land, do the land takedown, and then to work through the, work through the, develop, the design, engineering, all that stuff. I mean, that takes like a year. Uh, it's a very slow process. So that's kind of the plan is to just keep trying to find locations that make sense, whether it's multifamily or storage, and to just keep stacking those projects, you know, back to back. So and that's kind of what we've got now. You know, we've got Cherry Street, which we're breaking ground on. 
it'll roll into Pacific, and then Holland Park will fall in between the two of those. And then by the time we kind of get all that done in January, we'll be breaking ground on on the Battlefield project. And then still, still doing, you know, six to ten burrs and, and single-family new builds, you know, on a monthly basis. So we always have six to ten of those going at a time. So... You know, and so we 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 want to grow that aspect, but then like on the property management side, um, you know, that wasn't something that I was super like eager to to grow and to want to be a part of. But what we've kind of figured out is that we're good at it, um, and we we like to work with like minded investors, um, and and because we are investors and we have the construction crews and we have the staff we've really cultivated a lot of really good relationships with other guys and we're able to help them manage their portfolios. And, you know, most of those investors have full-time jobs doing other things and don't want to have to do it. And so we've decided that we want to grow that side of the business as well um, and, and just continue to grow that. So the kind of the goal is, you know, keep stacking developments, um, keep adding single family to our, to our portfolio um, and to, uh, you know, to grow the property management side, you know, so we're, we're not really slowing down. We've, you know, switched gears a little bit because of, you know, market conditions right now, but we have no intention of slowing down. No, I, I think it's really cool to hear just all the different things that you've got your hands in, even in different parts of real estate, not just development, but also on it, on management and, and the, uh, single families as well. I've got to shout out the uh, the property behind you there, uh, South Avenue. Uh, we're actually uh, we're partners on that one, and I know uh, it was maybe one of the earlier ones on in your you know when you were doing real estate uh, development. Uh, that can you give a little bit of insight into that uh, particular property? Some of the struggles that we went through with with it because I know it's quite the uh, the story on that place. Yeah, yeah. So um, found that property on Zillow. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not, but I found it listed on Zillow and, uh, you know, we negotiated and, and, uh, fairly significantly negotiated the price to purchase it, um, bought it. It's a, uh, we originally thought we were going to get, uh, it was 11 units in that main building. So there was like three in the basement, four on the main floor, four on the upstairs floor. And then the house next to it was, uh, you know, four bedroom with a mother-in-law's and then seven storage units behind it. So, yeah, it's hundred year old old brick building, um, and yeah, man, the challenges for that property were. Eric has telling you earlier, it's probably the hardest development that I've ever been a part of. Um, you know, we we had vagrants that you know broke out all the windows. You know, so we had to replace that. We weren't we weren't planning on. Uh, we had them break in and steal all of the wiring in the main building. So eight units. Um, and you know, that, that was a massive insurance claim. And then when we finished the second building, that's not seen in this photo, like we had just got granted countertops in a woman broke in and caught it on fire. So we had to, uh, basically gut it all the way down, redo all the electrical plumbing, HVAC, fix all the fire damage, redo the roof. So basically start completely over, um, and, and redo that. You know, we had we had material issues on the electrical side with getting meter stacks and meter banks and just all kinds of stuff. I mean, it was just 
I I from the aspect of like theft and vandalism and that kind of stuff, like by far the worst I've ever had to deal with. And I think a lot of that it comes from location and history of the of that property. Uh, but now that it's done and stabilized, that's a I mean, I think that'll be a, a property that, that we hopefully own for for a lifetime, you know. I mean it's I think it's great. Like we did the community a favor by fixing up that place. Right, right. Definitely an improvement to the yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's and it's such a cool property. You know, you're walking distance of downtown. You're on the Missouri State bus bus stop. Um, I mean, your South Side location. All of the all of the apartment complexes and real estate around there is all you know new within a few years or been recently uh, uh, renovated. It's close to a park. You can, I mean, in theory, you could walk to Missouri State from there. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's really a, for an investment, it's an ideal location and property. There was just a lot of challenges with the, you know, with the rehab of it. Right. Now I'm glad it, uh, it's where it is today and it's definitely come a long ways and turned out really good. I think about, yeah, for sure. Like you're mentioning some of these, yeah, the vandalism, the, the fire catching on fire and, and theft, all of these things. How do you, how do you overcome obstacles like that you know it obviously took a lot longer than we had expected you know you handling a lot of the operations you know you've got a lot of time there how do you handle uh some of those issues that come up whether it's this project or others personally uh what do you do to to overcome those obstacles and, and continue moving forward on projects amanda just put your head down and work through it you know i really i really feel like i got really lucky um I am not a guy that stresses a lot. Uh, we talk about that here in the office uh, because, like, I I was just born with a gene where I just don't stress. You know, I kind of look at things like kind of like a challenge. So it's like, hey, it, it just it is what it is. It happened. Um, we're just gonna figure out a way to get it done and and move move through that. And I I can tell you right now, if 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 something bad could happen to your property, I have had it happen. Um, you know, we've had uh, we've had one where we bought, and four days later, the city bulldozed it. Um, you know, so that was uh, we had private money lender on that that lent us the money. So then we had to we had to figure out how to raise the money back for that. We got stuck with a nineteen thousand dollar demolition bill from the city, so we had to pay the city nineteen grand to knock down our house that we were gonna renovate, but. You know, Evan and I just, we just came together. We figured out how to do it. Uh, we ended up building a new house on it. And then we flipped that house. And after everything was still sent down, we still made 20 grand. So, you know, it's like, it's just, I think a lot of it is that I'm, I don't, you know, you take that phone call and you're like, okay. And you just kind of like, I don't freak out, you know, and it's just like, okay, what, what do I got to do? I just got to fix it, man. You just, you don't. You know, when you and I are sitting here and, and as business owners and you've got, you know, 50 families that are, are, are requiring on you to perform and, and you've got, you know, you know, maybe investors or private money or just bank notes or money that you've got in it, man, like you just can't lay down and die. You just have to, you just have to work through it. So I don't really have a good answer. I mean, my answer has always just been, I don't have a choice but to fix it. Yeah, you've got to you got to roll with the punches. Like you know that as a business owner, they're going to come, they're going to be issues and that's that's what we're in the business for. It's the high risk, high reward. Things are going to happen and as the leader, you've got to be the one to stay face a lot of time because if you're over here having some sort of, 
break down when things go go wrong or you know yeah you're constantly stressed and, and complaining and telling the staff about it that's only going to bleed down you know the line and other people are going to be affected by it versus understanding that hey this happened this is now our current reality let's take the steps forward needed to to get this fixed and make of it what we can and that i, I think is huge for for a company culture and for just getting things done and not dwelling on on an issue property but you know knowing that that's going to happen a hundred percent i mean that's just always i think has always kind of been my personality um and i i, don't, I mean i'm not saying i don't get stressed don't get me wrong but i just I think that helps me a lot that I'm able to, like you said, just stay calm and, and it's just like, you know, just take the punches and roll on. You know, I mean, that's what that's what that's what this business is all about. You know, it's just like you said, rolling with the punches. So, and then and and really with a lot of that, I think that that's because we faced a lot of that. We've learned a lot and we've grown a lot, and we have we have true experience as real estate investors. So when we're trying to you know build banking relationships and ba- build relationships with investors, it's like you know to tell people like, hey, you know, we did a million dollar student housing development downtown where they burnt our house down, they stole our wiring, they broke our windows out, they stole our tools, you know, they caught the place on fire. But at the end of the day, we finished the project. Uh, we stabilize the project. It cash flows. It's a great property, you know. And then to say, well, we had one bulldoze, but you know, we paid our investor back. We paid the city back. We built the house, and we were still profitable, you know. So to to be able to give those kind of like hey experiences through there, because you know, I mean, none of this. There's no science to any of this, and so it's like it's just learning through experience. Um, you know, like the house being bulldozed, honestly, was probably one of the best things that ever happened to us because it, it made me get relationships with the city. It made me learn the the dangerous buildings and blighted property thing, which we've in now have bought a ton of those because other investors are afraid of them and we know how to handle them. We know the people to talk to at the city. And so really, it, honestly, like it was a blessing. And that sounds weird to say, but like, I'm not upset that that happened. Like I'm glad it happened because it educated us and it taught us taught us how to how to get through that, and then it opened the doors for lots of other properties and investments for us. Right? Yeah. Those failures have the best opportunity to become educational experiences. Like you have to go through those you know those trials and errors to figure out how to better your systems, how to better the deals that you're getting, your processes versus, yeah, just again, waiting for the perfect deal or, you know, whatever scenario to arise. Like you're, you're just not going to learn the same things you can when you're getting down and dirty and you're, you're going through projects and and that's going to happen when you're doing, you know, hundreds of units in a few years, like things are going to go wrong, but that's only going to make you better. And, and, you know, like I said, you'll have more confidence going forward and we'll have to stress about these things because you've been there and done that. How, how do you, you know, obviously, you know, it's talking about stress and a lot of things that you got to juggle and, and work through. Like, how are you financing, you know, all of these developments nowadays? Like, is this something uh, that's changed from when you were doing single family? I mean, that's, that alone has got to be a huge, you know, uh, almost weight that you're you know, dealing with and figuring out how we uh, split this up. Man, so when, when we first started our, our um, you know, real estate careers, we were all strictly private money. So we, 
We had, you know, the, we borrowed money from everybody that every other person probably listening to this uh, has borrowed money from if they're, you know, if, if they are big real estate investors. But where Evan and I kind of really were lucky is that we had some outside investors that just really good people that had money that uh, didn't want to keep it in, in 401ks or in the stock market, liked what we were doing, trusted us. And so they invested and it was a, we were able to negotiate a little bit better deals. So, you know, we were doing that at the height of it. I mean, yeah, we always had, you know, probably a million and a half out from, from private investors at a time. Um, now that we've got, you know, kind of a history and, and banking relationships, we're all strictly credit line. Um, so we use either our own capital or we use credit line from, from our, our banks or to, to purchase the houses. We actually don't have any private money, um, at all at this time, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, it saves a lot of money on interest, um, and the, and the credit lines allow us to still have the flexibility to purchase the houses like we want. Um, and, and they kind of stepped in and, and took the role of that. And then on the, on the multifamily, the bigger multifamily deals, we do have some outside investors that that are basically just capital contributions for equity, um, you know, and and that has been great too. You know, that's uh, Evan and I still um, you know have a large equity ownership. We get to manage them, we get to develop them, but we don't have to worry as much about the the capital in the front end. Uh, and that's kind of a new thing for us was to bring in investors like that, you know, to to buy equity into properties. So, and that's really just on a multifamily deal. So what's changed for us is that just being able to get a bank um, and or banks to to trust us enough to give us the line of credits to do what we do. Right. Yeah. And that comes with building up equity and properties over time, building up connections with those lenders. And uh, yeah, and, and it also your credibility worth working with other uh, investors to loan and, you know, be equity partners on on projects. That's just going to come with with time. Um so yeah, that, that's definitely huge when you're when you're improving that. For for you personally, I'm kind of curious. What to? Uh, I'm sure it's it can be all over the place, you know. But what what do your day to days look like? Do you have habits that you know you stick with uh, that you know help you know help you out with your success? Uh, what what does that look like for you at this point? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I bought one of these uh, remarkable tablets. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's like, uh, uh, it's supposed to feel like paper, but it's all digital. Um, and so every night before I go to bed, I make my, my list of stuff I need to do for the next day. Um, so that's always, I've always done that for, I mean, 10, 15 years, I've always been a list maker, right? Uh, that's always been a big thing for me. That's how I stay organized. Uh, and it also is kind of like, once I put it on the list, it kind of challenges me to, to, Hey, I need to get this stuff done. Um, and so, so I usually just bullet point the major items, like my major goals for the day. But then other than that, you know, um, through, through the week, I get up every morning at 445, I go to the gym before I come to the office. Um, I always come to the office typically first. Uh, so that way I'm here before the staff gets here and you, know, you can kind of get the office open and get things rolling. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I always, you know, check emails, start out, check bank accounts, um, you know, just kind of roll through that day-to-day -day stuff. And then, and then I just start working through my to-do list, uh, and then, and then filter in 
any, uh, you know, just any incoming issues or problems or things that I've got to do. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of the, my day-to-day activity stuff. And I, I do spend quite a bit of time in the field. You know, I try to go to most of the projects on a day, on a daily basis, if not every other day. Um, you know, I want to work with the guys. I want them to see me in the field. I want to do that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I'm usually at the office by, uh, you know, 6.30 to 7, and I usually am here till, you know, 5.30 or 6. Um, I don't typically work weekends. Um, I try to uh, I try to leave that time for home. I mean, I do, I do billings on Sunday morning, so I get up, have breakfast, drink coffee, do my billings, answer emails. But I try to leave that weekend for family time and to not, not make the business, you know, overtake that aspect of it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great because when you have that that weekend time and, and time that you don't really touch, that you're able to recover and enjoy, it's only going to, I think, you know, from my experience as well, make you work that much harder during the week. This is the time that you've got, you know, your your habits set up. I'm going to get here early, work a full day, get things done, and feel refreshed for that, and, and be a good example again and leader in the company of, hey, you know, I'm I'm starting my day early with these solid habits, working out. I'm getting here, um, opening things up. They can see me um, doing this in the field. All of that, it, it trickles down into everybody being excited about it and being willing to work hard and and really get you yeah, to the goals that you've got because you've got some big goals and you've got to have the habits and life set up to get there. Yeah, well, you do. And it's and it's also, it's just like, it's an, I think it's important to have the balance, you know, to, to be disciplined and have the goals and to have the balanced work and family life. And, um, you know, so yeah, yeah. But I, I, it does set, uh, you know, people know that, Hey, you're the first one there. You're the last one to leave. You're going to work and answer emails. You, you know, you're, you're putting in the effort. I'm not, I am definitely not a passive leader. You know, I'm, I'm, I am here in the trenches with the team every day. And that's what I like. That's how I think I'll always be. You know, as as we grow, I think that's how we'll, we'll always operate. Yeah, it goes a long way. Well, tell well tell me this um, as we as we kind of um, wind down here a little bit. Where uh, where do you uh, see your company, you all here in about five years or even ten years? Like where what are some longer term goals of where two guys is going? Sure. Um, so kind of immediate goal. Uh, you know, my, my long-term goal, man, is, is I want to create large network, generational wealth. You know, I want to change my family, I don't want to say pedigree, but family tree to, you know, to say, you know, and so I, um, my, my parents were absolutely fabulous. Uh, they were, um, you know, my, my dad had a super rare eye disease. Mom didn't have the greatest childhood, never made a whole lot of money. Um, but they did everything they possibly could for me and have really stepped it up. You know, I was the first one to graduate college in our family. Um, you know, and so, so they've kind of set me up to be successful and, and I want to do that. So I have, I have some very ambitious goals, you know, 20, end of 2024 you know my goal is to be around 100 million in assets um that's the goal i don't know that's if that's you know possible i we've got a pretty outline on how to get there but it's still made you got to buy a lot of deals you got to develop a lot of stuff to hit that so so that's 
kind of um, goal for the next you know two two years is to is to get to around a hundred million. Um, you know, other than that, man, it's just just stack real estate just to build to you know. I, I don't know. If there's an X number. When we first started this, it was like, well, you know, let's get to a thousand doors, and then it was like, well, let's get to a hundred million. You know what I mean? Uh, you could say, well, let's get to a billion dollars, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that magical number is. You know, I enjoy what I do. I want to continue to grow. I want to double the size of the company. Um, I want to. I want to have a legit business. You know, like in 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 our realm, there's a lot of real estate investors, right? Fly by night guys, guys that maybe don't own anything. Like, I want to have a company that is financially sound that offers, you know has really good benefits for their employees that like people want to come here to work. Like I want to create a business that has roots into this community that, that, uh, you know, I think I want that more than I want to say, I've got a hundred million dollars in real estate. Like that's cool. You know, a hundred million dollars will take my family a long ways down the road, but I want to have a businessman that, that is strong and that is rooted in the community and that our, 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 our employees are happy that they're able to have good home lives, um, you know, they're they're financially stable, they're healthy, they're happy, they're they're you know that's that's really what I want more than anything. So those are some of the goals that we're you know that we're working towards. And to and to make that happen, you've got to buy a lot of real estate. You know, you got to have income, you got to make money for that to happen. Absolutely, I I think it's so cool because you got started in this to do it almost as a secondary investment for long-term wealth, you know, for, uh, something that you'll have down the road that you can, you know, make some cash flow on that you can, you know, build wealth with, and then it transitions into full-time. And then now, you know, not only are you growing a company, you're growing multiple companies, you know, within this, and you're doing it, like you're saying, for the benefit of your employees, the people on your team, for the community, and in something that's actually a legitimate business that's operational, that may be at a certain point growing on its own even, and yeah, you get to affect and help the lives of, of all those involved um, on top of, yeah, you're stacking up and adding a lot of real estate with it. And I think it's such a win. I do. I, I agree. Well, and it's just, and it's enjoyable, man. I mean, I guess what I keep, I keep going back to is it's, it's enjoyable. I like what I do. You know, there's never a day where I'm like, oh crap, I got to go to the office, you know? And so it's, it's like, there's, there's a lot of times, you know, where I think, I, I wake up tonight and I think like, oh, you know, maybe today is stressful or whatever. But then I think it's like, man, I'm working for myself. Like, I'm out here building this stuff. I'm doing this. Like, I don't have anybody to answer to. Like, I don't have any of this. And I think that kind of like brings me back down to like, hey, I am lucky. You know, like I don't, I don't have to punch that time card. I don't have to answer to people. I don't have to do that stuff. And there's a huge benefit to that. You know, and and I'm I'm, I'm doing what I enjoy doing. Right. When you, you know, it definitely goes for me as well. I know that when I'm coming in, you know, waking up early, coming into the office, uh, working that I'm building something, you know, I'm building my company, I'm building my business, um, you know, my real estate portfolio, whatever it is. And there's definitely something to that, that, you know, not only do I enjoy the conversations, the day to day, but on top of that, it, it's something that's going to last. And that is, you know, for myself and my team, and that goes a long way as well, knowing that, you know, it, it's yours and it can it can benefit your city, benefit the people involved. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Very awesome. Well, hey, Josh, uh, great conversation as always. Uh, I love hearing about your your growth in these uh, last few years and where you guys are going to be going uh, moving forward here. So thank you so much for taking the time to, to come on the Growth Circle podcast. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, we will see you on the next one.